You ever wonder why people call Star Citizen Scam Citizen? It's actually an interesting way of thinking, because Star Citizen is by far the biggest project in gaming history that is by no means a scam, but by the same token, kind of is. You can make a crap coin analogy about it being two-sided, but instead I'd like to appeal to you, dear audience, with what I see as facts, and a bit later on, maths. So, Star Citizen, by definition, is not a scam. The idea of a scam is that you specifically set up your plan with the intent to defraud people of their money, the keyword being intent. You see, Chris Roberts, the king of Cloud Imperium, a company whose logo is, interestingly, the universally recognised symbol for standby, something people have been doing for around a decade now, has not specifically set out to take people's money and bugger off into the sunset because, well, 10 years later he's still around. The issue is that the entire problem resembles a series of cycles. Three, to be accurate, these are the ship sales cycle, the gameplay area cycle, and the technology development cycle. The easiest to go into is the ship development cycle, so we'll start there. Many ship sales start off at the concept stage. That is to say that over at CIG, some preliminary work on a ship is completed, enough to pop up a few JPEGs and sell people the dream of flying around with all their mates. The revenue raised doesn't actually go towards this ship as most people would believe. As is stated when purchasing, you're not actually buying a ship, you're basically giving money to a company to do with as they will. I mean, you can't complain at this, as CIG are very, very earnest in telling you this up front. This money is spent on funding CIG as a business to complete its business objectives. Everything from the electricity bill to employee wages to those consolation doors at CIG HQ. Sure, CIG also takes money from other sources, such as the AMD Mustang Omega, because let's face it, people don't slap logos on things out of altruism. But the crowdfunding total we see is, well, it's all you, baby. When the concept added to the queue, I don't mean the ship queue. I mean the queue for everything. Technology development, new weapons. All right, there are teams working on loads of stuff at the same time, but each team has a queue. Remember, you're not buying into this queue. You're paying CIG for the ability to clear the queue. That concept was already going to be made whether or not anyone gave them money for it. Next step is to, well, it's to spend the money. A £70 spaceship will pay for a concept artist's daily wage. Well, I don't know, I'm not a concept artist, but when you measure that against an entire multinational company, you'd see that way more is required just to keep it ticking over for a day. Saying that CIG have crowdfunded half a billion bucks is all well and good, but that amount is not just available. It's been spent. Bills, wages are part of it, but the rest of it is in stuff like property, like the mocap studio and having swanky offices built. That money was sent off to clear all the queues, remember? The ship you were marketed may not have entered production yet. Some of that money was spent on concept artists, and wouldn't you just know it, here's a concept. The takeaway is that incredibly clever marketing is what has kept this project afloat. Chris Roberts himself has said you need only buy the base package and the game universe will provide all the ships, weapons, death and glory you can handle with in-game money through just playing. And this is completely true. But consider this. If you're looking through a ship catalogue, many of which are released with concepts such as the RSI Apollo, you're reading sales gump designed for people of the United Empire of Earth in the 3900s to read and be enticed by. But you're also reading it and it's seeping into your brain. And it's also for sale just a few clicks away. It's a bit like buying software, really. You're not 
buying a game or Photoshop or whatever, you're buying a license to use it, or as I like to think, the right to use it. What you have in front of you is a consequence of the right you have purchased. With CIG, you get the right to fly this spaceship and feel good about having contributed to the project. But the caveat is that, at least with concepts, the delivery is not immediate. It can be projected, but even that can be altered depending on the needs of CIG as a business. Meanwhile, your concept with no guaranteed delivery date is not the only one on sale. It's added to the queue with the rest. And by the time the next concept sale comes around, there's no guarantee whatsoever that your concept has had any work done on it. In fact, it might have been moved further back or forward. Can't be too gloomy about these things. In short, you were marketed a spaceship, but what you've really bought is development time. Development time is actually a twofold term. You've bought time for people to clear this queue, but you've also bought time to allow other things to enter the queue. You also just can't say stop selling concepts because then there's no money coming in and it all goes to shit. So as cycles go, it's it's pretty damning. Damn. The next gameplay area cycle, and this one isn't so much for cycles, a series of mathematical equations, very depressing mathematical equations, but at least they're linear. Star Citizen is an authored universe. That is to say that everything is built with human oversight down to the minutest detail. It's not like other games where they could build an algorithm to generate a procedural gameplay area of planets and moons and then another algorithm to populate it with buildings and rocks and then finally another algorithm to generate NPCs to fill them with. The buildings, not the rocks, unless there's something dreadfully wrong with you. And you've got your gameplay area in one big bang that's actually an intricate series of processes working independently but also overlapping like if all of creation was some sort of Venn diagram. Star Citizen being authored means that every planet and moon has to be worked on by a human being. They can be created procedurally for the most part and then tweaked, but that's still a lot of work that isn't done automatically. But that's just me whittling on about things and stuff, so let's crunch some numbers. So, at the current rate of development, the Pyro system was announced in the arse end of 2019. As of writing, it's 2022, and we're led to believe that it's pretty much done, barring the last bits to a giant-ass space station. So that's three years to build one solar system to completion. The technology to hop server to get there is still withstanding. Now, Star Citizen's map has a hundred star systems, and you can do the maths for that, and yes, it's maths with an S because it's an abbreviation, but it's also still a plural. Anyway, America now finally educated in the King's English. Let's just say that the game's target is to launch with half of that, 50 solar systems. For the sake of example only, of course, as the stretch goals, which we get into later, detail 100 at launch. So, we have three years to produce one solar system. We currently have two completed systems, which leaves 48 remaining systems. 48 multiplied by three is 144 years. And this is at the current rate of production without factoring future technology and iteration processes. Pop those in and it just goes, it's very messy. So we have a target date of 144 years into the future. So let's, let's have some fun with this number, shall we? First, the current year is 2022, and you add 144 to that, and that's a projected release date of the year 2166. Chris Roberts is currently 54. If he retires at age 70, the project will still require 128 years to complete. If he lives to age 80, the game will be released 118 years after his passing. I personally am currently 40 years old. My projected life expectancy is also around about 80, so I would have been dead for about 104 years. 
If I started having kids at age 30, like my parents did, then given a constant birth rate of one new generation of my obviously superior lineage per 30 years, I was born 1982. Kids would have been 2012. Grandkids, 2042. Great-grandkids would have been born 2072. Great-great-grandkids would have been born 2102. Great-great-great-grandkids born in around about 2132. So by 2166, my great-great-great-grandkids would be 34 years old. And remember, that's for 50 systems, not 100. That is a 50% complete play area. Star Citizen, as a project, was started with everyone, backers included, knowing that the technology required for such an undertaking was not yet invented. I mean, I'm as thick as arseholes, and even I knew that. But it's not just technology that dictates the pace of development, there's the human element too, and by that I mean feature creep. Alright, fine, I I can bandy those words around as much as I please, but are there examples of feature creep? Um, Sure. I mean, recently, Squadron 42, the sister project to Star Citizen had a new feature announced. If you pick up a lot of boxes, you become good at picking up boxes. If you do a lot of running, you become good at running. If you do a lot of shooting, you become good at, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Shooting. That's the, that's the badge of shooting. So that's, that's good. I mean, I, not only is this a bit unnecessary, but just imagine the implications. Take a level where you can either go in guns blazing or sneak around. In a fixed player stat model, this makes sense. There's more than one way to complete your objective. If the stats can be altered, there has to be an impact on gameplay in order to justify it. So now levels have to cater for an additional doorway blocked by boxes so strong players can move them. And if the player is more of a sharpshooter, then instead you'd add ledges and foxholes to plop a sniper into. It's a shit example, but you can kind of see where this one's going. And then there's iteration. You see, in Star Citizen, everything needs to be iterated on. If there's a ship that's finished, then in a couple of years, it won't be. Take the 300 series, currently considered by many to be finished, but upcoming features such as computer blades, avionics packages and removable ship modules mean that someone has to go back to the 300 series and all of her variants and add in hatches and doors and spaces for these wonderful toys to fit into, which is something called the gold standard pass. And then we have to do that for all other ships that don't have those little nooks and crannies. And then the ship's finished, until the next big idea comes along and the iteration cycle begins anew, by which time more ships will have been produced as straight to flyable or, heaven forbid, completed concepts. And don't get me started on ship resource management. Infiltrating a ship and taking out the engines by removing a fuse? You know what else takes out engines? A 9mm round between the eyes of the pilot. Much easier too. But look, it's easy for me to shit all over something without any evidence. So let's look at what Star Citizen has actually done. I mean, firstly, it's beaten Elite Dangerous into the ground. I used to say that they were different games with different ways of doing things, but then Frontier Developments replaced their community team with some robots, dropped Odyssey into our laps like a man farting as he leaves the elevator, and now, as the kids would say, id gaff. Other than that, the only other metric you have are stretch goals. So from the top, fresh off the RSI website. Regular community updates, multiplayer dogfighting module, Squadron 42 stuff, MISC Starfarer, cockpit decorations, ship boarding stuff, Aegis Retaliator, community updates, more Squadron 42 stuff, 40 star systems on launch, the Odin system, the Tyrrell system, the Kellogg system, the Goss system, the Orion system, the Ellis system, the Cathcart system, the Tal system, the Geddon system, the Kronos system, monthly Wingman's Hangout webcast, professional mod tools, free for all players, Squadron 42 stuff, 50 
star systems upon launch. Drake Interplanetary Cutlass, 60 star systems on launch. Playable ship class the Cruiser. Start Star Citizen with a Class 1 Repair Bot. Star Citizen with 500 additional credits. Extended Hardcore Flight Sim Controller Support. Playable Idris Corvette. Playable Origin M50. Playable Drake Caterpillar playable destroyers, Vandal trading posts, and hidden smuggler asteroids. Additional alien race, the Krathak. <clears throat> I've got that one right. Enhanced boarding options. Increased ship customization. Tablet companion application. The RSI webcast. Monthly town hall QA with Chris Roberts. More Squadron 42 stuff. 70 star systems. Additional base type, the alien derelict. Professional mocap for Squadron 42. Exclusive record breaker ship skin. Playable Bengal. 100 star systems on launch. Star Citizen and Squadron 42 with a full orchestral score. More Squadron 42 stuff. RSI class 2 spacesuit. Move CIG Austin to a large facility, build professional sound studios, Oculus Rift in the hangar module, NPC frigates, command and control center, hibernation mode, basically a bed, behind the scenes of Star Citizen film, fourth landout option on Earth, NPC escort carrier, 42 page upgrade handbook manual, arena mode, laser pistol, ship upgrade package containing an engine modifier, playable battlecruiser, exclusive star system for pre-launch backers, James fighting ship style manual, managed space stations, RSI museum, salvage mechanic, facial capture system, Xi'an scouts, Public transportation system, which is basically interstellar buses. Enhanced Alpha. Enhanced capital systems. Banu Merchantman. Mustang personal spacecraft. Squadron 42 stuff. Origin 890 jump. RSI Orion mining platform. The Aegis Surveyor, also known as the Reclaimer, I think, anyway. Anvil Carrick. The Misk Halsey. The Drake Herald. The Tamsa System. Tanga System. Kano System. UDS 29430122 System. Cabal System. Oratani System. Procedural Generation R&D Team. Updated Observers Guide, such as admiring your ships or planning loadouts from the RSI website. Explorer Class Moby Glass Rig. Exaglass. The Gladius. Omni-Roll Combat Armor. Stellar Cartography. Hadesian Art. Facts teased, but I'm not giving it a pass. Updated scanning software, engine tuning kit, retaliator commercial ish, Xi'an space plant, alien languages, web based known universe map, the BB 12 EVA unit, the independent arbitrators guild, more detailed AI activities, ballistic gatling, J Span Cryostar, MISC Endeavor class research platform, 10 grand in UEC, the Anvil Aerospace Crucible, the Aegis Vanguard. Isperia Prowler, Genesis Class Starliner, The Misc Reliant, Pets, and Enhanced Ship Modularity. Now, by my counting, that's 117 items on the stretch goal list. With 49 complete, that's 42% complete. So, no matter the metric you use, an actual finished product is far beyond the clouds. Perhaps far beyond the cloud imperium. Either way, spending money nowadays is just buying into a dream. Another man's dream. And it's rarely a wise investment, but... Uh, eh, you're an adult. Make up your own damn mind. I'm not your mother.